so good to sing songs with biblical content, isn't it? Just proclaiming truth and honouring the Lord. I want to read from Luke chapter 4. First 13 verses, Luke chapter 4. It's the temptation of Jesus. <coughs> Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor, for it has been given to me. And I can give it to anyone I want, so if you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, to guard you carefully, they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, It says, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. We thank God for his word. We thank God that his word is as relevant today as it's ever been. Amen. Just to give you a little background here, uh, this is short. This uh, passage that we've looked at it happened shortly after Jesus was baptized. And when Jesus was baptized, uh, the Holy Spirit came upon him. So up until then, he was 30 years old and he hadn't performed any miracles at all apart from living a sinless life, which is a pretty big miracle. But he hadn't performed any miracles. He hadn't healed anybody. He hadn't walked on water. He hadn't fed multitudes. And then at the age of 30, he was baptized and the Holy Spirit came upon him and empowered him or equipped him. We might call it baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, Jesus was always indwelt by the Holy Spirit. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit was always in him, but he had not been empowered by the Spirit. And he is our perfect example that we can be born again, and when we're born again, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. But that doesn't mean to say that we have been empowered by the Holy Spirit or equipped by the Holy Spirit. And we just need to, to make sure that we have been. So that's the background. So now Jesus was ready for ministry. But before ministry comes spiritual warfare. I wonder if you believe in spiritual warfare. The passage of scripture that Robbie read to us earlier <coughs> talked about 
our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Spiritual warfare is a reality, whether we are aware of it or not. <coughs> Excuse me. And I want to look at this passage of Scripture today and to just see how relevant it is to us today. Of course, this was unique. What happened to Jesus, it was unique. It was the beginning of the ministry of the Lord of heaven and earth, and Satan was attacking him. But Satan uses the same tactics. Whenever ministry is about to take place, Satan will always try and prevent it. And often, these three temptations that Jesus had will be what he focuses on. The first temptation, and I'll just remind you, the devil said to Jesus, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, man does not live on bread alone. The scripture he's quoting from was from Deuteronomy, and which also goes on to say, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. We don't live on food alone, bread alone. That feeds our body, but our innermost being, our soul, our spirit, we need to be fed on the word of God. And many Christians will tell you, rightly so, <coughs> that the word of God is powerful, it's eternal, it's living, it's active, it's effective, but it stays in the scabbard to use the analogy of the dagger. And yet, we need to, if, if we've forgotten, we need to be reminded or to rediscover the power of the word of God so that we've got the confidence, the same confidence that Jesus had when he was confronted by the enemy. Consequently, in Romans 10, 17, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Faith comes from hearing the word of God. Sadly, lack of faith comes from lack of hearing the word of God. For many Christians, this book is a closed book, a neglected book, a book which they, they don't really know, and they think it's beyond them. And that's a lie from the enemy. All we need coming to this book is to become as little children and submit our puny intellect and saying, this is God's word. I may not understand it all, but it's true. And I accept it. There's a church in Edinburgh. It's, it was called Morningside Baptist Church. It's actually changed its name now, and I think it's just called Central Church. But they were experiencing, in fact, they're still experiencing, they were, they were experiencing phenomenal growth. It had been a, a, a successful middle-of-the-road Baptist church in a big city, so it was a good size. But it then started to grow phenomenally. And Carl Martin, who's the pastor, was asked, what's the secret? Why, why has your church grown? in the way it has. And Carl said, 
that he was sure that the key to the church's growth, he said, it's because we are obsessed by the word of God and the spirit of God. The word and the spirit. But the church was obsessed by the word of God. In 2022, we will be looking for a new pastor for this church. We're almost ready to press the button on the system. And so this is the year. Surely, surely, one of the actual essential requirements that we're looking for in a pastor is that it's a man of the word who can preach the word and believes in the word. We don't want a gifted social worker. We want someone who can preach and see this book change people's lives. When this book is preached in the power of the spirit, people get saved. It's not too difficult now. People get saved. But it needs someone who's anointed. In the same way that Jesus was anointed when the spirit came upon him, the new pastor of this church, whoever it might be, needs to be someone who's anointed. There's too many people who've got natural ability and very clever doing ministry, and it's not enough. It's never enough. It has to be someone like Carl Martin described, someone who's obsessed by the word of God and by the spirit of God. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that you would raise up a new pastor for this church who will be obsessed with the word of God and with the spirit of God and will be someone that, that keeps in step with your spirit, that leads with authority and humility and that this church, Lord, would be transformed. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The first temptation, the second temptation, the devil led Jesus up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor for it has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want. So if you, if you worship me, it will be all yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. I just love the way that Jesus deals with people. He never wastes words, does he? He just says what needs to be said. Worship is what we're called to do. My uncle Len um, was, went through a spell early in life where he was very anti-Christian. He explained to me one day after I became a, got saved and then became a minister, he explained to me that he didn't believe because he'd worked with, he, he was a very successful businessman and he had a, an assistant who was a Christian who let him down badly and so he 
wrote the Christian faith off because of that. You know, completely illogical. But by the grace of God, he changed his attitude before he died. But one of the things he, he talked to me about, he says, I can't understand worship, he said. Why would anyone want to be worshipped all the time? You know, what an ego to want to be worshipped all the time. And I don't know what answer I gave him at the time, but I certainly can't remember what answer I gave him, but I certainly gave it some thought. And, and the, what I believe is when we worship, we're blessed. It's when we're fully alive. It's not that God doesn't need our worship, but we're created to worship, and it's when we come alive. It's when we, I mean, there's nothing more I pr prefer in this life than worshipping the Lord. There's nothing better. It can be very disappointing if you actually go to a, a dreary service or anything, but, you know, worship, whether you're on your own or wherever, it's what we're created for. Worship is a choice. It's not to do with feelings. King David, after... Bathsheba's newborn baby died. He got up and he washed, him, washed himself and went to the temple and worshipped. Just suffered a, a dreadful bereavement. And he goes to worship. Worship is a sacrifice. In Romans 12.1 it says, Offer your body as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Worship is physical as well as spiritual. Hebrew worship, they're very active when they worship. And it doesn't mean to say that we need to conform to other people's actions or ex expectations, but we should be free to worship the Lord and to just draw near to him. And worship is a joy. I wonder if we did some market research of the people in Wilton or in anywhere in this nation and asked them to, what, what, what do you think about worship? How do you think people feel at worship? I wonder if one of the things they'd say first of all is, oh, well, when people worship, they're joyful. I don't think that they, people out there think that. And perhaps there's some reason for that. I had a really good example of this years ago. I went to... Uh, Lesotho land. Lesotho land's a, an enclave, a little country in, surrounded by South Africa. And we were at a church there, and this church is quite small. There's probably about, I don't know, over 100 people there, but not many. And, of course, they're all black people. And it was a church, and it was a, it was a, it was a good church. It was a joy to be there. But we got... And so we were there for the week, and then Sunday came, and I was preaching on the Sunday, and so I was just waiting to see what happened. And the service started, and I couldn't believe it, because it started, and it was like being taken back to my childhood, the church, where the worship, when the worship happened, it seemed like the clock got rigor mortis, and nothing, and it just went on forever, and it was so boring. And we got halfway through the service and then they had the offering. 
And it was like they flicked a switch then and they left this order of service which had been inflicted upon them by missionaries years ago, I imagine, and suddenly they worshipped African style and the offering, they announced the offering and they came dancing down the aisle with the offering, singing and praising the Lord and giving it there. And it was just a real example of, you know, just boring worship and worship in response to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I've enjoyed worshipping in this church. But we can go deeper. We can go deeper. We can be freer. We should encounter God in worship. When guests come in who aren't believers, they should sense that God's here. Because he is here. He's promised to be here. The Westminster Catechism says, what is the chief and highest end of man? That was before the days of uh, sex discrimination. Man, men, men and women. Man's chief and highest end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. They got their theology right, didn't they? We enjoy God when we worship. That's the best. That's the best. And I just want to say, let's enjoy God in Wilton Baptist Church. Amen? Let's enjoy God. Let's enjoy worship. Let's know that our worship to him is precious to him and pleasing to him. We may have a lovely voice, and a few of us haven't. But God loves hearing us worship. The third temptation. The devil led Jesus to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. The devil knows scripture. And they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered. It says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. The opposite to testing is trusting. Do you trust God? It's an important question, actually. Do you trust God? Are you in a situation at the moment where you're finding it difficult to trust God? Because it's not always easy to trust. But do you trust him? Do you trust him? Do you know, when Adam sinned, fear came into the world. Adam, almost as soon as he sinned, the Lord God came into the garden and Adam was frightened. And fear has been in the world ever since then. It's, it's our default mechanism. It's our natural reaction. And fear is the enemy of faith. And the Bible tells us, don't be afraid. It tells us that in Genesis and it tells us that in Revelation and it tells us again and again and again through the whole book. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. 
Read in the paper last week, 67% of the adults in this nation are worried about COVID. 38% of adults are experiencing a high level of anxiety. That's over one in three. Fear is rampant. And the Lord says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. If you're fearful today, I would say to you, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Whether you get it or whether you don't get it, don't be afraid. Because God's with you. That old song, trust and obey for there's no other way. Great theology. We can trust him. He's trustworthy. He will never, ever, ever falter. He will never turn his back upon us. He was aware of everything we go through. And he knows how weak we are and how fearful we can become. And his word says, don't be afraid. So, that's the, the end of the message. I want to say, in 2022, be ready for spiritual warfare. Feed upon the word of God. I don't know how you read the word of God. 20, this is not a boast, I hope it's not a boast, but 24 years ago I was in a meeting and uh, someone recommended Robert Murray McShane's Bible reading plan. And I've been using it and I've just, at the end of each year, one of the joys I get is I tick it off. And this, I've just completed my 24th year of it. And so for 24 years I've read the whole Bible through once. I've read the Gospels and the Psalms and some of the epistles twice. And sometimes it's been such a chore. And sometimes it's been such a joy and everything in between. But it's made such a difference to my spiritual condition. J. John, if you've heard of J. John the Evangelist, he's just uh, decided to recommend Robert Murray McShane's pattern and have it printed and you can get them on his website. I've got a spare one here. I apologise for the graphics because I don't like them at all actually, but J. John obviously likes them. But if anyone wants that one, they're very welcome to it. But it's it takes about, you read four chapters a day, might, depending on how quickly you read, it's, it can take you 10, 15 minutes. I, I take longer because I pray as I'm going through it as well, rather than gallop through. But there's lots of other good ones. Nicky Gumbel HTB's got a Bible reading plan if you want it on your phone. Um, but we're so spoilt with opportunities to help us read the Bible. And whatever suits you, find a way that suits you and get into this book this year and your life will be better. Your life will be better. So be ready for spiritual warfare. Feed upon the word of God. Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord on your own. Worship the Lord in church. Worship the Lord. 
however, whenever, wherever. We're worshippers, 24-7. There's always things to thank God for and trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. We're the safest people in the world as his children. We are so safe. We are so safe. And if we do these things, the ministry of Wilton Baptist Church will take on a new dimension in 2022. God's ready to do a new thing here. I believe that with all my heart. And he'll do it not by magic, but he'll do it in us and through us and with us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for worship. And we thank you that we can trust you, come what may. Teach us, Lord. Thank you that you're so patient. Thank you that you know us so well. Teach us, change us, and move powerfully in this church. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.